Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Here in Matthew chapter 16, you can stay seated. We're going to just read and preach as we go. And and, uh, I want to talk to you today just for a few minutes about we are that church. And I got a couple of weeks before I, I start what God's been stirring my heart for September and some other things. So I just want to cast a little vision tonight, talk a little bit about our church, where we've been, the purpose of it, where we're going, what kind of church uh, we are. So here in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus uh, gives us a very, uh, very familiar portion of scripture. And uh, in verse 13, let's go ahead and read it. It says, now when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah or some of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, everybody say rock, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, will not prevail, cannot prevail against it. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your church. We thank you for what you're doing, God, what you have done. And Lord, what you're going to do, Father, and what you want to use every single one of us to do it, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to title this uh, this morning that we are that church. Come on, everyone say, we are are that church. This story is great. I love this. Jesus is walking with his disciples and he's just talking with them and he's wanting to get some feedback and he's wanting to hear what people are saying, not because he is affected by what people say. He don't really, he's he's not really affected by the good or the bad of what people say. He's just wanting to my, what I think he's doing here is just wanting to clear the air. He's wanting to clear some things up. And so he says, he says, hey, what are people saying about me? And so they say, oh, man, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're, you're Elijah. They say this. And, and then he says, but who do you say that I am? And, and in fact, in the question, he says, who do people say that I, the son of man? And he kind of gives the answer in the question. Because how many know people that when, when God asks a question, he's not looking for the answer, right? So, so he's just wanting to clear some things up. And, and I love this because this is a good opportunity to just kind of clear the air of, of what kind of church are we? What, what have people heard about church? And whether you're here, you're listening on the podcast or, or, or however you get this message, people think and have different 
uh, opinions of how a church is. They, they may think that churches are, are judgy or, or they're clicky or they're, 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 they're very, uh, you know, just to themselves and it's more like a club and, and that you can't be a part of it. And, and, uh, if you ever go out and talk to people and invite people to church, you'll come across these different stereotypes. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, and they go and they think that you're that kind of church. Well, I want to tell you, we are not that church. Come on, somebody. We are not that kind of church. We are that church. The, the church that Jesus talked about. The church that, that we focus on the presence of God. We are the church that affects on the, that, that, that concentrates on the power of God. On, on, we are Christ-centered, biblically anchored, spirit-empowered, missional, and victorious church. Amen? That's what kind of church that this is. And uh, I want to say thank you to Felicia for that video, by the way. That was, uh, she put hours into that video. Amen. That, that's awesome. Come on. That's a lot of work there. <clears throat> that's just a little bit. Thank you for everyone that, that came up and said, hey, I want to, want to jump in there and, and give those testimonies. And, and we're excited to hear what, what God has done over the, the course of 15 years. And I love the testimony. That, that is exactly what the purpose of a church is to be. It's, it's to affect people's lives and to change people's lives. And so what I want to do is I took the word rock and just want to share something with you today. If you like acronyms, you're going to really love this, this message. Uh, this is what I did with the word rock, that Jesus took that word and he says, I will build my church on this rock. How many know that he was not talking about Peter? He was not talking about an individual of the church of Jesus Christ is not built on an individual other than Jesus Christ. It is not built on, on any one person. Uh, we have pastors. We have leaders. Uh, we have all these different things, but programs. But the church is not built on any of those things. Those are simply tools to be used by God to, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Can I get an amen right there? That's all it is. So what the church is built on, if you take the word rock, and that's what I want to do this morning, is I believe that those are our pillars. In fact, let me just say this. Peter later in his epistle wrote that we are all uh, chosen vessels. We are all uh, stones chosen by God to be his building and we are we are his building we are he is the chief cornerstone and we are the stones that the lord has has made to build on he builds in other words the church is in you the church is in us we are the church it's not a building it's not a denomination we are the church look at your neighbor say you are the church the church starts with, with R, it would be where it begins, is the revelation of Christ. This is, this is where the church begins. It must start in, in, in this right here. You and I must start with having a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That's how the church starts. He said, I'm going to build my church on this rock, on, on what you said, Peter, on that revelation of what you said, I'm going to build my church. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that Peter has the power to remove sins. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that Peter has the authority to, to do anything. He's one of the great apostles. The Bible teaches that we are those stones that the Lord has chosen to build. Him. But it, it begins with a, a revelation of who Jesus is. Of who Jesus Christ is. 
Jesus Christ is not a, a ideology. He's not just a historical person who changed history. All of that happened. But it begins when you and I have a revelation of who Jesus is. Come on. Of, of, of who he is. Of that he is not just just a man, he is the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior. He is my Savior. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my redeemer. He is the one I go to. He is my rock. He is my 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 he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That has to be a revelation that happens to you and I. That's where he begins to build his church in you and I. Is when you get that revelation, you got to get that revelation. It's not informational. Information is important, but it has to translate into a revelation. Come on, somebody. Look what he said. I love it. Look, put that up there, please. In Matthew, Jesus it says he answered and he said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven." He said, what, this revelation that you get, when, 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 you, when you get it, and that's what I'm trying to say, that you begin to be a part of the church when you, when you get it. Did you hear it in the testimony? So many of you, you know, you came to church. Some of you even said you've been in other churches. And I was raised in church, and I've heard about Jesus. And I, I remember the flannel graphs that's, that we had at Sunday school of Daniel and the lion den, you know, the, the little felt things. Remember that? They stuck, and they'd fall back down. And we'd, you know, and we'd, you know, just be putting Skittles in the hair of the person in front of you. It totally was not tuned in. And, and I heard about David, and then I would listen. And we heard the stories. I grew up kind of like that. And kids are going to be kids. And I understand that. But when it starts to still go until 13, 14 years old. And, and it's still mama's Jesus and daddy's Jesus. What ends up happening is that we end up losing them. And they end up going out to the world. Why? They know who Jesus was. I used to be able to argue with the Jehovah Witnesses all day long because I knew the information of the Bible. I could argue with people. I can debate with people. But I never had a revelation of who Jesus really was. It's all up here and it was not even in here. Come on. You've heard it said eight inches away from the kingdom of God. That's where I'm getting that to you today. He said, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Sunday school teachers, we do our best. And yes, we're going to continue to mentor. That's our part. And that's our part is to give him the word of God. Jesus is the word of God and he taught and he, he, he did miracles. But Judas did not even believe. I mean, it, it comes a part where we have a part to play and we got to get that revelation. Well, Pastor Eddie, I, I've read the Bible and I get nothing out of it. Just like you went to the gym that one time too. <laughs> then the river of life. I don't get it. Yeah, just like, yeah, we know what he's saying. Be persistent. Come on. You, you have to stay with it. And I love what, what it'll change your life when you get the revelation. When it goes from information to revelation. At 25 years old, I got a revelation that he is not just Jesus, the historical figure of the Bible, the number one best-selling book, yada, yada, yada. He is the one that's going to deliver me from addictions. He's the one that's going to forgive me of all of my sins. He's the one that's going to give me a new start. He's the one that's going to put my family back together. He is the one. It's Jesus. That, that's what's happening here. Amen. That's what Peter's saying. He gets this revelation. He goes, I know who you are. You ain't Elijah. You ain't John the Baptist. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, go, Peter. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but it's been revealed to you by Heavenly Father. This is called being, this is what we have to have. And then I love what he says. And also I say to you that you are Peter. You see, when you get a revelation of who Jesus is, you get a revelation of who you are. 
He says, I'm not going to call you Simon no more. You're Simon. You receive this not by flesh and blood, but by my heavenly Father. So you're no longer going to know. You're, per- you're going to get a purpose in life. I'm going to call you Peter. When you get a revelation of who Jesus is, you get a revelation of who you are. And you can't be stopped. That's how these people finish to the end. That's how they end up giving their life for, for the gospel. That's how they ended up doing what they did. They, they could not be stopped. When you get a revelation of who you are, you can't be stopped. You, you, you don't care who's watching you in public. And, and, and you, know, you don't care who, who's around you because you've got a revelation of who Jesus is. I'm tired of seeing, you know, Christians, we're, we're afraid to bow our heads and pray over our food. And, you know, I, I'm tired of apologizing to the world of who I believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe He is the Son of God. I believe He did do miracles. I believe He did walk on water. I believe He did raise a man from the dead. I believe He did die on the cross. I believe He did raise again on the third day. And I believe He's going to crack that eastern sky with all the angels of heaven shouting from heaven. And He's going to get you and me. I believe in Jesus. Tell me to be quiet. Turn down for what? You ain't going to be that way until you get a revelation. We came and started this church. My dad was preaching and evangelizing around all over the world. And he's in Honduras. And the Lord says, go back and start a church. He had no idea that I was at another church. Steve was at a church. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to us. He said, how awesome would it be to minister together as a family? And I said, Dad, I wanted to do it because I about tore his ministry up as a kid in e-course. Amen. (laughs) Did you just say amen, Dad? (laughs) So I said, this is a chance. But you know what? I said, God, I'm I'm not building his church. I'm not building mine. This ain't the Markham church. I said, God, just use us to build the kingdom of God. So I'm here, I'm like Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Aaron. I'm like the, the sons of Samuel. I, I rebelled against you, God. I, I didn't want you, God, but now something's different. I got a revelation of who Jesus is. And I said, now come on, it's rolling up my sleeve. I can't be stopped. When you get a revelation of who Jesus is, you can't be stopped. Woo. Can't be stopped. How do you get a revelation? In His presence. You got to get into His presence. You got to get into His presence. Revelation. Everyone say Revelation. Everyone say, we are that church. We are that church. Purpose. That's how you get purpose. Let's move on. Obedience. This is number two. Oh, it has to be obedience in the rock. I'm talking about the rock. I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church on this rock, on this rock. The church is built in you and I on a revelation of who Jesus is. And can I go old school with you for a minute? It's also when we obey the word of God. That's how the Word of God, that's how the Kingdom of God is built. He cannot build where there's disobedience and they can't build on a foundation that, that is loose like that. It's got, we have to learn to obey the Word of God on that, on that rock. And, and let, let me say it like this, we've got to be doers of the Word and not just hearers only. That's what the kingdom of God is built on in you and I, in, in our lives. It's, it's built on, on, on obedience. It's built on obeying the Word of God. You remember the story in, in Joshua where Joshua went down and he defeated Jericho. And then he goes and there's this little city called Ai. And Joshua says, man, this is a little city. We can wipe them out. It's going to be easy. So just take a few hundred men down there and wipe out Ai. Uh, AI. So they go down there. And one man named Achan looks at the gold and he steals the gold. And he takes the treasure and he hides it. It's in Joshua. And the Bible says that they, Israel lost the battle. 
Joshua falls on his face and he says, God, why, why didn't I have, why didn't you have my back? I, I, why didn't you, why didn't you uh, deliver us from the enemy? And God says to him, Joshua, get off of your face. Quit praying, quit crying to me. Get up. You've got disobedience in the camp. And I want you to see what he said. He says this very powerful principle. He says, oh, Israel, you cannot stand before me before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Listen, that's a a principle that we have got to keep and and, and be determined uh, to keep that and be persistent to learn to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. The Word of God doesn't work unless it's applied. You won't see the power of God in your life without application. I know you're going to go quiet on me. I know, I know that's, that's, that's obedience. I mean, we don't like hearing that. That's like one of them, keep going. I like the other one. Go back to Revelation. Come on. Woo, you almost had me crying. It, it, it's obedience. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do the things that I, that I say? He, he's saying, I, I, I need obedience where the kingdom of God is, is built on us on that. Well, it's a price to pay. It does cost. Obedience does cost. There is a price to pay to, to, to follow the Lord. There is a cost to pay for the presence of the Lord to be in your life. There is a cost to pay that. There's a cost to pay that when God, when we obeyed the Lord and we came, and we came here with ten people, and I took my girls to Parkwood on Thanksgiving, used my only week of vacation for the year, and I took my week to go hand out flyers at Parkwood with little six, seven-year-old girls walking and saying, hey, come to church, come to the presence of God, come, come in here, we're going to give away free turkeys. That's how this young lady found us right here, still serving the Lord, in God good. Amen, amen. Many, many of you, many of you in our second service, oh, there's so many in this church that have testimonies like that, that you saw the pictures. Toward the end, it was going to show all of them. It was really good. you got to go to the website, man. Really, really cool. And watch it out. So many of you that worked, man, and worked hard. And I'm here to just, just pump you up and say, let, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Don't quit now. Come on. Just keep. Don't stop. Believe. I don't even know. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep obeying. Keep obeying. Keep obeying. Keep going, man. What cost are we willing to pay? The the cost of obedience or the cost of regret? What would have happened if we didn't hand out flyers, Tasha? What would have happened, Billy and Amber? Over and on and on and on and on and on and on. And we're just one church. I watched some of our other churches this week, how they're holding community events and 100 people got saved here. General Council was in Anaheim, California. Thousands of people got saved. I watched on Facebook Greg Laurie packing out stadiums. Somebody know Greg Laurie. I love that guy, man. Uh, the, what's the name of his? I forget the name of his ministry, but he's packing out uh, stadiums and people are getting saved by the thousands. Can, can I tell you that the church of Jesus Christ is going strong ever before? As people are getting saved. That Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you when you get a revelation of who Jesus is. And when we learn to live in obedience, and listen, being obedient don't mean you're sinless, but it will mean you will sin less. And less. And less. And less. I'm going to keep going until I quit hearing amens. That's what obedience is. Amen. Visited a guy just the other day. Went through program, life challenge program, and man, he just... uh, he got out, left early, and 
It's not our buddy we got coming here. Antonio's a good guy. He's on fire for God. Got him a job loving God. It's another friend I know. Uh, went down to Wyandotte Hospital there Thursday with him. There he was. And just back into sin, back into the world. And it's just uh, tried to take his life. And he's sitting there. And I, well, he didn't expect me to walk in. You've got to empty your pockets before you go back there on that floor. And he walked in, and there they all were. They all attempted suicide. I tell you, suicide is like a new epidemic. And so I just began to walk in there, but I wasn't by myself. I had the presence of God with me. Can I tell you what the presence of God is for? We love to be in church, and I love the presence of God in church, but we need to get filled up in the presence of God to go out into the world. That's exactly, I'm trying, I'll get to that here in just a minute. So I'll walk in, and I just begin to look, and I begin to pray under my breath, and I just begin to pray, and by the spirit of suicide and depression, and, and just, Lord, greater is he that is in me. And I walk in, and they, he saw me, just broke down, and begin to cry, and I begin to just talk with him right there. And he, he said, oh, man. And we begin to talk, and he said, I don't even know where to start over again. And I said, you start right now. How do I, how do I get into the presence of God? And I said, you start right now. And I begin to sing, and, or, or not sing, but begin, begin to pray with him. Thank God, not sing. Begin to pray with him. Listen, in the presence of God, begin to get in there. I said, what happened? He said, man, I tell you what happened is I, I lived my life about 90%, even through life challenge, but I was still sneaking around and I was still doing this. And he started to cry. He says, man, I, you can't serve God 90%, can you? And I said, no, man, you've got to give God everything you have. And he said, will God take me back? Does, will God give me another chance? I said, yes, he will. Yes, he will. And I grabbed a hold of him and I began to pray. And I began to, he just began to just repent and get right with God. And the Spirit of God just came down in that wonderful place. And he started back on his road again. Amen? It's being obedient to the Lord, though. You've got to be obedient to the Lord. C, let me finish this up. C would have to be on the compassion of Christ. The rock. C has to, he's going to build his church. It has to be on revelation of who he is, obeying the word of God. But it also, C would have to be on the, the compassion of Christ. The churches are built on the compassion of Christ. I said the church of Jesus Christ has got to be built on that compassion. This is something I have had to learn more of. The, more, the longer I'm in ministry, the more I am realizing how compassionate Jesus was. When I was a young youth pastor, I would take stories like the woman at the well, and I would start with the woman shacking up. Oh, you've had five husbands and the one you're shacking up with now ain't your own. Ha! That, Jesus did that. He confronted her. But do you forget the whole 17 verses, the longest conversation that Jesus had with anybody in the Scripture was this unnamed and nobody Samaritan woman? Have we forgotten so much of the law and focused so much on the commandment that we lose how compassionate Jesus really was? The fact that the Bible says Jesus said, I had to go to Samaria. Now you talk about a, a racial tension. It was huge for, between the Samaritans and Jews. But Jesus said, I had to go because I got an appointment at 12 noon with a no-name Samaritan woman who I know is going to come at 12 noon instead of early in the morning where all the other women always get water. But this woman comes at 12 noon because she's ashamed. She's done some things and she wants to be left alone. But Jesus said, I know right where she's at and I'm going to show up right on time just for her. Did he do that? And then I believe that's why he sent the rest of the disciples away, because they couldn't handle the compassion. They would have judged Jesus for that. I really believe that. They weren't there yet. They were there. Remember, they wanted to call fire down on heaven, from heaven on the Samaritans. 
the sons of thunder. And Jesus said, what? They said, yeah, they won't let you into the city and preach, Lord. Do you want me to call fire down from heaven like Elijah? That's how some people are, man, reading them old. Listen, the AM radio will get you like that. <laughs> Need to repent and go to heaven, right? You're going to burn in hell. Yeah, that's going to win everybody to the Lord. Everybody at work is going to say, thank you for that message. I want what you have. John the, you ain't John the Baptist. Or Ezekiel. You're like Jesus. Bring the law. But if you don't first, you don't have the antidote to the cure, to the disease. What, what good is it? You see that commercial? He says, oh, I'm not a doctor. I'm an inspector. I just tell you that you got a bad toothache. I don't really heal your toothache. Many Christians, I'll tell you what your problem is, but I won't give you no help in the getting free from it. I, I won't help you get free. I won't help you get, get uh, peace in mind. You, can, you almost took your life. You know you're going to go to hell for that? How about we need to say, hey, man, what's wrong with you? What, what's really eating at you? What, where's the depression coming from? Because I know a man that knows everything about me that I met at the well, that knew me. He knew my past. He knew what I did. But he was still willing to offer me some living water. Come, hear a man. Come, hear a man. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you. That's what happened. So, so Jesus said, in order for me to bring this, I'm not compromising. He, he had compassion without compromise. Don't misunderstand. Jonah wanted to call fire down from heaven. God had to give him a whole illustrated sermon to get love back into that brother. That's how the book of Jonah ends, by the way. It's powerful. But Jesus came and he says, he says, hey man, hey woman, I, well, I'm thirsty too. And you know the story. He began to offer the living water. And then he began to get to it. The longest conversation that Jesus ever had. We don't even have her name. I love that story. I begin to see that in ministry. And as a pastor, I begin to realize, man, I don't take back how I ministered. I had to learn and I was like that. But man, I, I discovered that there's a process. It's kind of like when you have kids. Until you have kids, man, they're just noisy, smelly little brats. Why don't she take care of that kid, you know? Why don't he get that something that... Well, when you have kids, you start having a little bit more compassion for the kids, right? And when you have grandparents, I don't know what happened, but like there's no rules at grandma's house. I would have been killed if I did that at grandma's house when I was a kid. My dad would have lit me up. And these little grandkids allowed to do everything. Come on, grandparents, say, come on. Amen. What happens? You start learning, you start, learning, you start saying these things that I used to want to die for and, and, and pick my, you know, you start learning. That's not really that important. It, it, it's more important for this. And you start, you start growing like that. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit begins to do in, in us as a church. He begins to, we begin to look at people and say, hey, man, we need to look at people the way Jesus looks at people, man. You don't compromise the word of God, but it's got to be built on compassion. And if you and I don't learn to have compassion, to go into the hospitals like that, to go into the jails like that, to go into these places, then we're never going to be able to use by God. He can't build that church. You become one of those stale religious churches that are just rules. And, and again, we love the rules, but it's not, that, it's, it's not the commandments. It's, it's the purposes of God. It's the, it's the love of God that has to be there with me. Are you with me today? K, I thought about R-O-C-K. What, what, does, what does K stand for? He said, I'm going to build my church on the revelation of Christ. I'm, I'm going to build my church on obedience. You and I have got to be obedience. You've got to learn to, to obey the word of God. And, and, and it's going to hurt and there's a cost to come with it. 
And the compassion, I can preach about the compassion all day long. That's why we're going to continue to do the outreaches that we do. We're going to continue to reach out to the community. I do want to plant churches. I do. There are, there are hurting people everywhere. And, and, and I'm not saying we're the only church, but man, it's getting harder and harder to send these folks to a good Bible, believe in Christ-centered, spirit-empowered church. So I'm thinking, let's just plant one. <laughs> Praying about it. And God is doing it, and he's raising it up. I think there's a shift in our culture that's happening. People are, are turning away from religion, but they do want the real thing. And, and so we've got to be careful not, not, not to, not to uh, you know, go one way or the other, but stay in the middle of the road that we are the church of Jesus Christ. And we believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and that he is the Son of God, and that he did raise again on the third day. He's alive. I, like I said, all those things, I believe in those. But I also believe that he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. One of them guys on that floor says, you don't understand. He said, I'm, I messed up, man. I, I, I was in church and I did this. Will God take me back? Tears, seriously broken. Bandages on the wrist. I told him, I says, yeah, God, I take you back. It starts right now. And I, uh, by the way, that's not the answer. <laughs> oh, I know it's not. I said, listen, I don't want to stand before God in that situation that's that's the ultimate demonstration that you have no faith in god let me tell you something that's a lie from the enemy your life does matter god does have a plan and a purpose for your life you're not solving anything by checking out you want to walk into eternity after that i don't think so you don't want to face god after that let me tell you right now and and i remember he said well i have a hard time seeing jesus and he looked at me and i just looked at him and he's like he got a revelation jesus was right there i said jesus is here in this hospital with you Right now. Why? Because we are carriers of the presence of God. I mean, I'm not Jesus. Amen. But he's in me. To the least of these you've done, my brethren, you've done it unto me. How does Jesus go into the hospitals and these places? We take him with us. He's in us with us. Okay, I would have to say that he's going to build the church. He builds the church. Okay, would be on the knees of his people. This is how he builds the church. This is how he builds the church. You can't fall into sin on your knees. You can't, you can't mess up on your knees. This is great hearing the testimonies, what God's done through my dad and Steve and I, and he's added more pastors and ministers, John and Donna, but we just had a board meeting the other day to talk about other opportunities in here, training up ministers Training up leaders to give you opportunities to minister and to preach and to share and to go into the prisons, to go out there. Why? Because it's not about us. It's not a one-man show. It's about Him. It's about His kingdom. That's what the church was for. How do you build the church? He's going to build it on our knees. I just want to, I just want to end right now like this. I just want us to, I just want to end this service like this, I, I, on my knees right now. God, I... I thank you for 15 years of ministry here. God, all, all the souls that have gotten saved and faces and names and people. And, and God, you're, you're bringing our church in, into another season and another level. And Father, we understand there's going to be issues there and another level, another devil, God, another, another barrier. But Father, we want to be a church that is on our knees. In prayer, seeking you, God. They want your presence into this place, God. That wants your presence to dwell in this place and dwell in us, Father. 
We want your presence, God. We want to be a church that's seeking you, seeking your face, God. That, that, that wants you in us, God. That, that wants you. It's not about programs and it's not about all those other things. It's about your presence, oh God. It's about seeking you, Lord. We, we are a people, God, that is seeking after you. Father, we need prayer back into this church and, and regularly, God, raise up prayer warriors, Father. Give us, give us those times, Lord, those seasons of prayer, God. We need, we need you, Father. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you stand to your feet right now? And... Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How many just want more of God? Jesus. God, if your presence don't go with us, we don't want to go. We can't do this on our, on our own. We need your presence, Jesus. We want to be a church. We are a church. We are that church, God. A church that is of your presence, that values your presence. Oh, God, have your way in this place. Father, use us to, to spark a revival, God, where we will see multitudes to getting saved, Father. Lord, if, you're, if it's your will for us to plant churches, Lord, open the door for us to do that. But God, we want to be on our knees seeking you, Jesus. If you're in this place with your heads bowed right now, I just want to ask you if you need Jesus in your heart. I want to offer an opportunity. Give your heart to Jesus. You say, pray for me. I need to get right with God. I need to give my heart to him right now. Ask for forgiveness and get a new start in my life. If that's you, just lift up your hand and say, pray for me right now. Pray for me right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Father, I love you. I thank you. I praise you. I thank you for your presence, God. Just ask him to forgive you and cleanse you right now if you need forgiven. If you need forgiveness, just ask Him to wash over you, forgive you of all your sins right now. In Jesus' name, wash me, make me new. I'm going to open up these altars. These altars are always open, but if you want to come and pray, come and pray. Come and seek Him. Maybe you need a revelation. Maybe you strayed in your obedience. You've kind of let it down a little bit and you need to pick it back up. Maybe the compassion thing is the thing. You just need God to pour into you. And to give you the love for people, you just, you know, it's funny how I, I told our youth when I was a youth pastor to pay, watch what you watch and watch what you listen to because it affects you. You know, we really talk a lot about that. I say the same thing to adults. And a lot of it is not really just crazy, secular, ungodly, whatever. It's news media. You, you still have to watch what you watch and pay attention to what you listen to. You, you walk away from a diet of just getting hit. Man, you're going to have hate. and you're, Hate's ripping this nation apart. Think People thinking they're better than another. There ain't a human being, on a, a human race on this planet 
that is better than any other human race. You see, you and I, we, have, we know that because we've got a revelation. We know, once we know who Christ is, we know who we are. You know who needs to hear that? Out there. We need to walk into those situations and defuse it like Jesus did. Those without sin cast the first stone. Racism isn't something that needs an explanation, but an examination. It starts right here in our hearts. And we have to constantly be on our knees. Oh God, keep me clean because I watched that video and now I'm against this person. And now I knew that political leader was this way. And next thing you know, we're so far away from the compassion of God. We would never go out of our way for a Samaritan woman. We won't even go out of our way for that co-worker who's a Democrat or who's an independent or who voted for this. We don't have nothing to do with it. Don't you see what's happening? The enemy is trying to rip. But Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on those that have the rock. On that rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell ain't going to pull them apart can pull them apart but ain't gonna pull me apart why because i got a revelation of who jesus is i'm walking in obedience whether i feel it like it or like it or not i'm gonna give a cup of cold water i'm gonna help them change their tire i don't care if they've got whatever they're voting for i'm gonna love them i'm gonna go to them i'm gonna have compassion how do you do that pastor how do you stay on your knees (laughs) come on river of life Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for this church. I know we've got a call in our life. I know we've got a plan and help us to fulfill it. Help us to walk in it. Father, I pray right now, every one of us will walk out of this room filled with your spirit, filled with your spirit. This word would be watered and you give the increase. Oh God, send us, we will go. Send us, we will go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I'm going to dismiss you. Have a great Sunday, a bake sale and all of that. But of course, like always, if you want to stay and get some prayer, stay out the altars. Feel free. Amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.